Jeff Stanzler and Michael Fay. This is Jeff, and I, I teach her at the U of M School of Education. Uh, I'm involved in teacher education. I'm on the faculty of a graduate teacher certification program called the MAC program. And then with Michael and our colleague Jeff Kupperman, I run the Interactive Communications and Simulations group that does a number of web-based writing projects for elementary, middle school, and high school students facilitated by college students. I, I'm Michael Fay, and I, I also teach at the School of Education, and Jeff Stanzler and I teach a few courses together, the simulation that is of interest to you being one of them. All right, and so um, the reason I have these two esteemed guests is because in third and fourth grade we have started our elections unit, and the students will be learning elections through experiencing it. So we have, uh, we did a little bit of background research so far, and then today we held a primary election. I actually gave the students the option to either hold a caucus or a primary election, and they all wanted to hold a primary election. Hmm. So um, half the class is part of the Democratic-Republican Party, and half the class is part of the Federalist Party. And uh, the reason for that is because we are going to be taking on the persona of the different characters that participated in that election. What is it about simulations that uh, can be different than, you know, frontal learning or, you know, learning just through reading? Well, maybe, maybe I'll start. This is Jeff. I think there's, there's a dimension of learning, teaching and learning of history that can be a little, can be a little dry and date-oriented. And uh, Michael and I have both experienced even having students come to our class who have had... Uh, carrying some of that baggage about what it means to study history. And uh, as you, of course, know, Laura, one of the challenges for us as history educators is trying to think about opportunities for our students to engage in original research and original thinking. And oftentimes in the history context, since we're dealing with things that might on the surface of it be already sort of completed uh, enterprises, part of what motivated the, the, the simulation that Michael and I worked together on the historical place out of time simulation was, is there a way that we can play with that so that kids are engaged in history, but are thinking about it uh, in such a way that there isn't an obvious answer at the back of the book, so to speak. So with our place out of time simulation, we've got characters from the range of human history, uh, the pages of literature, etc. A kid who's studying about Thomas Jefferson, hopefully part of what could make that experience interesting for her is thinking about what Thomas Jefferson would say about this present day issue which our, our mm. simulations are always oriented to a present-day issue. And to do it in interaction with you know, Barack Obama or Gandhi or, or David Ben-Gurion, um, so that they're, they're not the only one who is engaging with something that they haven't thought about. They, they can't draw upon directly to say, you know, what would Thomas Jefferson have had to say about the ban on uh, conspicuous religious apparel in French schools. Kids can't wear a kippah yep. or a hijab or even a large cross. Well, maybe I can ask who Barack Obama would support in the election of 1800. Yeah, and that, and that calls on a certain kind of thinking that isn't ordinarily a part of your standard history lesson, quote-unquote, yeah. but I think is really, really worth uh, engaging the kids in. I like everything Jeff said. I, I'll just throw out a couple of other things that I think we frequently would answer, would be part of a reply to this. One of the, which is the perhaps often underestimated power of imaginative play in which uh, a child is, is invited to undertake the kind of thinking that Jeff just sort of articulated. You get to be somebody else. So part of that is, the term I tend to use for this, is sublimation of one's identity and the identity of somebody else. 
that can be very powerful for a, a kid who maybe is questioning his or her significance or isn't feeling particularly strong or forceful. And then you're, you're given the, play, you, the role of some of the Aaron Burr, who was a very opinionated and out there kind of person. And it allows the kid to experience not only intellectually, but an, almost on an you know, emotional level, a kind of uh, states of being that they don't otherwise have access to. So I actually have a few students who are very, uh, very into musicals, and of course Hamilton is just wildly <laughs> popular. So right. I put the question out today: um, If the election was between John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, then why was why did it end up being a tie between Aaron Burr and Thomas Jefferson? And then the second question was: What did Alexander Hamilton have to do with the election? So these are questions that. Wouldn't I wouldn't normally think of as motivating questions for a third and fourth grader, but they're they're on it and they're you know they're going to get back to me with, there, there with their research. That's terrific. What types of skills do you think are important in that kind of setup stage, and and especially thinking about um, you know third and fourth graders who might not have like totally developed research skills. I mean, you obviously understand from implementing this simulation as a tool that it's such a powerful step just even begin to think about how the world looks to someone other than you, first of all, and then other than you in the sort of dramatic way that, you know, having a, you know, a nine-year-old in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan in 2016 talk about, try to think about how John Adams would see the world, you know, uh, 200 plus years before. So I think that, uh, you know, Michael speaks powerfully about this to our students, about developing this kind of sense of a kind of historical empathy. So how do you get a purchase on this? It's really a lot, you know, your kids ask them to sort of think, you know, what would John Adams think or say or do? And it doesn't take away from the complexity of that, but to kind of think about it at the personal level. You know, what does John Adams have in his pockets? We try really hard to leverage the kind of creative imagination and even a kind of theatricality, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think those dimensions can be really rich for, you know, kids with the kind of fertile imaginations that I'm sure your kids have. This may be where a kind of even gentle scaffolding comes in, where you give kids prompting questions. What would the world have looked like for you at this time in this place? Oh, what for was them it? as a nine-year-old. Right. What was it like mm. for boys and girls, for example? Nice. Um, right, yeah. At that time, I was reading a, a biography about Meriwether Lewis, and at that time you had to apply to different people, to tutors, to get schooling. It was very challenging, and then you had all these different things come up. Those kinds of realizations, wow, it was like that, or they didn't have this, or you had to do, do, do it that way. Yeah. I think there's a lot of excitement and pleasure that comes from a kid. There's a kind of discovery. Another thing I, I was thinking about was um, finding analogies that work. So the Aliens and Sedition Acts, where it was, you know, it was the, I think it was the Federalists were trying to make it a little bit tougher for new immigrants to vote. And so we have in our classroom, we have two new students we have the analogy of, okay, everybody can vote except these two new students and try to get the students to kind of think about it from a, yeah. from that perspective. When we do Place Out of Time, we posit that the whole enterprise is focused on 2016 or thereabouts as opposed right. to 1800. So we're already kind of opening that door. Because I can imagine a kind of scenario where the kids, where, the, where it's something that would be very familiar to the kids. But a playground defy an issue? It's really interesting to think about the two contenders for president because they were working together for four years. Mm. They probably were fairly, you know, fairly close. And the, but this was the first time that uh, there, there was an opposition party. And it was su- such a contentious election. And then they didn't speak 
for decades. So I can imagine students can relate that to like having a close friend and then getting into a really big blowout. But you could mm-hmm. never get into a big blowout with somebody who wasn't first your really close friend. Right. Yeah. Right. That's Good great. That's, that's a nice point. Let me just say this. I think we are constantly surprised by how much students, young people, can achieve that exceeds our expectations. When we launched the Place at a Time simulation, or the Jewish Court of All Time in, in, as in its Jewish iteration, we were quite convinced this was, of course, for mature students. This was for high school students, because there's the research component. And there's, we've done these kind of... Uh, it's mostly virtual, so we've had high school students and uh, fifth graders in the same room, and by wow. golly, they, they held their own. <laughs> they held their own. So we've started working on debating skills. So mm. the product I want to get out of this is to hold a debate between John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and uh, have various students all speaking as as either candidate, engaging in a, in a kind of more formalized debate like what happens today, even though mm. that's not historically accurate. One of the things that we've uh, found very interesting, again, learning from our teacher colleagues, um, our classroom teacher colleagues, is the power of student collaboration on characters. I mean, in some ways it's a little more cumbersome, uh, but the idea that you've got two kids, you know, to go back to our, to your, to concretize in your situation, two kids or more thinking together about what Adams is going to say or what Hamilton is yeah. going to say, and maybe even having an opportunity to, you know, to step back afterwards and think, you know, what if I, you know, what if we chosen to say this? Yeah, I think it'd be a really powerful thing. We're breaking it down into, into vocabulary terms. So starting with candidate. Okay, let's figure out what candidate means. Okay, who nice. were the candidates? Mm-hmm. Nice. And then, then we're going to move on to platform. platform. Okay, what does a platform right. mean? What were the platforms? Teaching the context of the election of 1800 is a little bit challenging. Right. So yeah. for me to kind of push away what what isn't totally necessary for them to know and to really get at the core and try to make those connections using analogies. In engaging this, you're kind of breaking a paradigm, which is the usual thing is you're having a student perform for moral Laura, right? And I'm doing the work to please you, to meet your criteria, to impress you, and so forth. Once you've set up the simulated space, you're now performing for your peers. Yeah. You're trying to be successful. You're trying to be persuasive. You're trying to impress them. Yeah. Um, that's, that's different. And we've seen that as a really powerful um, force yeah. in the simulation activities that, yeah. that we do. Last week we had a rebuttal to a rebuttal to a rebuttal to a claim. This actually relates back to the contentiousness of the election of 1800. Even though it feels like it's tense at the moment, the debate, the, the setup, and this is why I'm really trying to think about the setup, the setup was where I... You know, explain to the students that actually the first first rule of debating is you don't take it personally. You you asked about some stories, you know, like you know, but things we remembered, and it, I think it it occurs to me now as we were as you're both talking here that it might be apropos to mention one story that took place in the in the Jewish version of this place out of time simulation. We did a simulation that had to do with a kind of a modern manifestation or modern legacy of the St. Louis story. You know, we had some students who wanted to play characters who even though they were accomplished in a range of fields, they had some anti-Semitism in their past. So, for example, Henry Ford. We had a moment where a kid was playing Ford. And, you know, was early on was 
trying, you know, kind of trying, testing things out a little bit and pushing the boundaries, uh, the envelope a little bit. And, and I remember Michael and I and our colleagues looking at it and thinking, who is this, is this, is, was this a bad decision? Um, and we, and the, the student who was on the other end of some of Ford's invective was at the school in Florida. And then I, we contacted the teacher, just wanted to check in. And, you know, should we, should we kind of curtail this? And she said, oh, don't you dare. Um, we've had the best conference. I mean, this, you know, 2014 or whatever it was, a couple of years back. But let us let's, let us not think that anti-Semitism has d- disappeared from the face of the earth, even in enlightened United States. So here you've got kids who, in a in a safe space, can think together about what they, you know, how does this look, and what might you say, and how do you respond to this, and some of the things you're talking about, about you know, where do, you know is personalizing it or not personalizing it? Can you? walk that balance, you know, a conversation you absolutely could not have had. Yeah. And that maybe in a certain sense is, for me, one of the things we come back around to is what these projects make possible that might not otherwise be possible.